There's a new theory in education, and it's called the theory of multiple intelligences. Um, in 1983, by Dr. Howard Gardner, professor of education at Harvard University. And normally, we, when we think of education, we always think about the main subjects: math, uh, English, science. Those are the main subjects in school. And so we see some kids failing. So maybe they're it's because their IQ is low. That's what uh, normally happens. They measure the guy's IQ. Low IQ, okay, then we have failure. So that is very depressing. Some people, IQ is low. The kid is not succeeding in math. It's not succeeding in science. Not succeeding in English. It's very, uh, very hard. Not succeeding in any language. It's very hard. It's very depressing for parents. So Baruch Hashem, Dr. Garner came along. And he gave us hope. He gave us hope, but you know what? It's something which a person with any kind of brain will be able to understand by themselves. Some people are very bad at certain subjects, and some people are very good at certain subjects. There's a balance that Hashem made in our intelligence. Some people are very good at math and science, but they're useless at life. Some people are very, you know, they can't sit still, but they're very good businessmen. So there's a balance over here, that, but uh, Dr. Gardner, what Dr. Gardner gave us, gave us a theory to explain it. They gave us a series of eight different kinds of intelligence. So he suggests that the general um, exam, which is just the IQ, based on IQ, is too limited. You can't just go by the IQ exam and say, this kid is smart, this kid is not smart, this kid is going to succeed, this kid is going to fail. He said there are te- eight different kinds of intelligence. And these intelligences are going to go through the list. Number one is word smart. Word smart means you can look at letters, you can recognize them, you can put them together words, you can build words, you can read, you can write. It's word smart. So it's pretty, pretty much English subjects, Hebrew, language. That's word smart. So some people are very word smart, and you know, some people learn languages faster than others. That's, you know, some people are very quick at languages, some people are very slow at languages. So it doesn't only apply to English, it applies to any language. They can listen to tapes, they can listen to learn languages. They can go to a country and within six weeks they're speaking languages. Some people are not. Number two, logical mathematical intelligence, which is some people are very good at math. You give them a, a thing and they can do it all in their head. Some people you go to a math class, it's going to don't understand it. So it's fascinating to know that's what those were the two criteria by which society judges people. IQ, how do they measure IQ? English and math. How do you do well in the English? You can read, put things together. Math, you can do well. IQ, that's it. But what about the other six intelligences? And this is something which he came along with this idea of six more intelligences. He's adding to IQ. Number three, spatial intelligence. So spatial intelligence means a person can look at a room and size it up. And look at the details on the wall, look around and say, look, how can I improve this room? Already he's visualizing in his head. A three-dimensional program in his head. Some people are very good at art. That's spatial intelligence. Uh, we can draw pictures, they draw diagrams. Um, some, some children, you see in class, some children are very bad at English and in language. When it comes to art, fantastic, the geniuses. So we see over here that a person can be a genius in some things and can be a fool in some other areas. We're not geniuses in all, every area. area. Some people are geniuses in some things. Look at Einstein, right? Take a look at example, Einstein. Einstein was a genius when it came to physics, math, 
when it came to wearing his shoes and socks, he was lost, like a baby. His wife had to run after him. Where your socks? Where your shoes? These are new clothes. Lost, completely lost. His mind was just math and science. So now, how can a person like that survive in a world? That's the question. So he's lucky. He had a wife to look after him. Otherwise, he'd be lost. Totally lost. So, there's so many different kinds of intelligence. Spatial intelligence. Picture smart. So, say, for example, an interior direct, uh, designer. Architects. They can visualize things in their head. I mean, I have no idea how to build a building. I mean, I can do the engineering part of it, but I can't do the design part of it. The design is two different things. So today you have an engineer. He tells you if the structure can stand. Is it strong enough to stand? But the architect is the one who's designing how it fits together. The shape of the building, how the windows are. He's going to be able to imagine this before it's even invented. So today you have computers, which do everything for a person. You put the design of the computer, you can see it. Virtual reality. You have virtual reality, you can see what it's going to look like even before it's built. But imagine 50 years ago, how they designed a building, everything's on paper. What is it going to look like? He has to be able to visualize it in his head. It's so hard to visualize everything in your head, like imagine it. He's got to have a good imagination. You know, one of the things we do, we try and do in school, in, in, in the early childhood, is try and help the children utilize their imagination. How do we do that? With stories. You know, nursery stories, nursery rhymes. Try and visualize imagination. That's what we have to tell them. This is imaginary. Okay. Um, so today we're looking at virtual reality. You can really imagine this. They can fit you out with a suit. You can imagine as if you're, see, you're there, you're seeing what, what's over there, you're feeling it. You know, the chair starts vibrating. The guy's playing a game, that his chair starts vibrating. He's moving, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's moving around at different angles. So that's spatial intelligence. Number four, body intelligence. What is body intelligence? Some people, uh, we have today different kinds of therapies. There's a fine, fine motor, there's... Huh? OT. There's different kinds of. There's gross motor skills. There's fine motor skills. So today we know that not everyone can hold a pen. You got to teach a child how to hold a pen. Not everyone can move everything. Some people's hands shake. Some people's hands are steady. Some people can manipulate things around. But that's mostly studying. Huh? That's mostly studying. What? Like when you're an OT, it's more like you're studying it. You're not. No, you're practicing it. They make the practice, make you do manipulatives. Right. Move this, move this. Put no, this. but when you're when you when you're when you're a therapist. Oh, therapist. It's more. Okay, like sure. You're I'm not talking about therapist. No, that. Oh, it's, it's I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the person who has oh, the, the issues. Has, oh, okay. Or a person's good at a gym. Right. So he's a, he's a genius in gym. Give him English. Come. The guy's a genius in basketball. Why? Because he's body smart. He knows how to move. He's movement smart. If you tell me to to jump and uh, high jump, I can't jump. jump. Some people can do a high jump. I can do a high jump. Do a long jump. Do you know? Do uh, physical movements, uh, ballet, other things that you need. The, you need the skills of movement. You know how to move your body. You know how to turn around. You know. Not everyone can do that. Some people are very clumsy, and that's one of the issues over here. So okay, so the Hashem compensates. You may not be able to move your body. You may not be able to gym, but you may be a genius in math. Maybe a genius in English. But. Schools don't take this into account. That's the point. The point is, schools don't take this into account. You know, today we see more and more kids who can't sit still. Because of number four. They need to move themselves. That's how they think. That's how... They, you know, the joke in Israel, says a guy who was lost in Tel Aviv. He goes to the... Passes, people pass by. This is a guy with a big, heavy bundle. He says, tell me, he says, how do I get to uh, this road? So the guy says, hold on. Just hold my bundle for me. 
He holds the bundle and the guy says, I don't know. Yes, some people have to move their hands. Jews are very oh, expressive. Right? Instead of talking, it's like movements. So movement, some people talk with their bodies. That's called, what's called body language. Body language. Some people, you know, it's very hard, but their expressions, they move their expressions. Some people are very stone-faced. Animated. Animated, right. Why is a person animated? They have these body skills. Their body skills. Body smart. Number five, musical intelligence. Some kids are just born with music. They can, you know, figure out the beats. They can... They can even write songs at an early age. They start writing songs, writing music. Who was it? Mozart was blind? Who was it? Beethoven? Or Beethoven, Beethoven was deaf. Beethoven was deaf. How can you play music with being deaf? So, the, be- the beats were in his head. He's born with the beats in his head. So. That's number five. You see it. What I try and do in my classes, I try and have a variety of experiences. And one of them is music. So, just by singing Pismonim and singing put things in music it's amazing you can learn math in music just by measuring the beats and so. number six this is key today people smart that's got to be people smart raising children people smart dealing with your husband people smart some people can some people can't some people can't get married they don't know how to deal with people so these are interpersonal intelligence which today is so critical HR there's a whole division in companies called HR human relations human resources you got to deal with people. You got to hire workers. You got to fire workers. You got to deal with people. So that's interpersonal in- intelligence, and not everyone has this. You have geniuses who can't deal with people. I tell you, listen. Don't put me in the front. I'll be in the back office. Some people run the office from the back. Some people in the front. So you have this receptionist in the front with a nice smile. She has the interpersonal skills, and the guy in the back, or the salesman, they have interpersonal skills. But a guy who's a brain, he doesn't have the interpersonal skills. He stays in the background. Don't be involved with dealing with people. So again, schools don't deal with these issues. They deal with them only if there's trouble. If there's problems, then they deal with uh, social issues. Right? The guy, he hits and he smacks and he kicks and he shouts. So then they, they're involved. But how good are the interpersonal skills? Not so involved, not so careful. And again, that's something which a person's got to learn at early age. That's why it's good to send preschool kids from early age, two and a half already should be in school. Why? To learn interpersonal skills. Otherwise, they're home all day with their mom or their babysitter. Interpersonal skills, they're not interacting. So, interpersonal skills is by interaction, trial and error. We don't know by saying something you can hurt someone. How do you learn it? By experience. So, if I learn it at early age, I won't have to do it later on. If I don't learn it at early age, I'll have to do it later on. So, it's interpersonal skills. So, that's number six interpersonal intelligence. People smart. Some people are very people smart. You know, they know how to talk to people, they know how to address people. It's okay. Thank you. So, they know how to address people, they know how to talk to people. And number seven is intrapersonal skills. What's intrapersonal skills? Knowing how to deal with oneself. I'll find some people need to talk to psychologists. They can't deal with their own problems. Why can't I deal with my own problems? I'm not equipped to deal with my own problems. Why? I don't know how to do it. So some people can learn. Some people just know it by instinct. It's insane. They're so much in tune with themselves. They can talk to themselves inside. That's interesting because all the time we have conversations inside. We just don't realize it. We have conversations, we're conversing in our head. So it's very important to be two of the conversations inside. So a person who's a negative person, all the conversations inside are negative. I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. This guy's bad, this guy's bad. A positive person, the conversations inside are positive. And that's what we have to try and steer our inner conversations to. Try and steer the inner conversation to the positive side. Don't be worried, don't be scared, trust in that sham. All these are 
uh, conversations inside a person's head. Some people are very good at it. Intrapersonal skills. That's number seven. So they're self-smart. They know how what's going on in their head. They know how to handle their own emotions. They know how to handle their own mental issues. Other people can't. I don't know. Can't do it. I've got too many problems. Some people have a lot of problems. Some people don't have problems. What do you mean they don't have problems? Everyone has problems. They know how to handle it. These guys don't have that. So again, that's something which schools don't measure. Schools don't measure this. So a guy may be a genius and interpersonal skills. He knows how to handle all his feelings. But he can't do well in math. So he's an idiot. So school labels him idiot. <laughs> they don't say idiot, they put failure. Yeah, e, F. <laughs> failure. The teachers need to take this class. Yeah. I was going to say that. Can't you give yeah. this to the teachers? I think we said I'm not, the, prin- I'm not the principal. Um, <laughs> principal can do whatever he wants. <laughs> principal can do what he wants. Amen. So I'm not principal over here. I just I'm just one of the workers over here. Okay. So interpersonal skills this is very important. So what we do normally in a in a good environment, what teachers can do is make a diagram. Um, it's a diagram with eight spokes. It's like a wheel with eight spokes. I want to teach. The middle of the diagram is what we're trying to teach. So I'm trying to teach the parasha. Now break that parasha up into eight parts. Where's the music in the parasha? So it's the uh, Shirat Hayam, it's beautiful, you got music. You have Purim, so we got to sing a song for Purim. Hak Purim, Hak Purim, we got to sing a song. So this way there's music in it. Then we can talk about uh, the skills, interpersonal skills. How do you think Haman felt inside? How do you think Mordechai felt inside? How do they express it to the outside? Moving, person's got to move around, do some uh, acting, try and do some little acting in the classroom. You know, you want to be Haman. How did he act? How did Mordechai act? Go through, so moving around a little bit. Uh, we can count uh, which month was Adar. Twelve months. You count one, two. So this way, a guy who's, whose brain works in math is counting and he's using his math skills. You can do some word play. What words fit in Purim? That's the first one. So you can have to use. That's that's a very good way of planning a class for a teacher. Plan a class by putting the main topic inside and then branching out into eight parts to cover these eight intelligences. And that's the ideal. And that's how a lot of schools are doing today based on this idea that you can reach children who are not good at English. How, do I, how am I going to reach a child who's not good at English? So you have to use other vehicles. You can use math. You can use moving. You can use singing. So that's where you get the story. Even without reading, you can get the story. So this is a very important idea. Dr. Gardner says, we're on the, the first paragraph, the big, big paragraph. Our schools and culture focus most of their attention on linguistics and logical mathematical intelligence. We esteem the highly articulate, so those who can talk very nicely, are logical people of our culture. However, we should also place equal attention on individuals who show gifts in the other intelligences. The artists. Right? Today, people do appreciate art. Art is going up in value, tremendously. Picasso, I mean, I can't even understand what he's trying to get at. I have no idea. It's modern art confounds me. You know, I have no idea of modern art. You know, anyone, any fool can, I don't know, as far as I know, uh, any fool can put together modern art. I don't know. I can't understand it. But some people, you know, today's valued in society. Arts, architects, musicians, naturalists. You know, some people like animals. That's another intelligence, right? They collect animals. Imagine. Animals. <laughs> Kids. Every time you see a bug, they put it in a bag. Put it, take it home. I have a girl in my, uh, my daughter's class. She collects all these insects. Uh, bugs. She collects... Uh, Worms, I don't know, all these things. It's like, uh, so some people are good at that. Some people, that's what they look for. 
They're naturalists. Um, some people study the weather, right? They're meteorologists. Good nature, rather. What's the weather? So they're very much in tune. The, high, the pressure today. What's the air pressure today? High pressure, low pressure. Designers, dancers. So dancers, that's body skills. They know how to move the body. Therapists, they've got to be in tune also with the body. Entrepreneurs, they're business skills. Now that's missing over here. I'll put over here number nine. I'll put business skills. Some people are businessmen, some people are not. You know, uh, you know, when the teachers have problem kids, I tell them, listen, right now he's a problem. Next, you know, when you're going to see him next, he's going to be a billionaire. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know who. Who are you? You don't know who. These kids, the school says failure. There's the most successful people they are. So uh, you never know. We do need the basics how to survive a society. But the most important things are which schools don't teach. Interpersonal skills. How you think inside. How do you address your own issues? How do you talk to yourself? No one talks about it in school. We don't talk about it in school. How do you relate to your friends in the class? You know, okay, we want a minimum behavior. We don't teach people how to expand on that. How to how to how to be more lively, how to be more interesting, how to get people's attention, how to talk to people. These are some things which we can focus on. And musical intelligence basically is nothing. There's no music class. But again, you've got to know, some kids like it, some kids don't like it. Some kids are built for it, some kids are not built for it. So, so say a person has a kid at home who's not so successful in the math and the science and the English. What do you do? So the answer is you find a where area, one of these areas, where they are successful and build on it. So the kid is good at karate, Build on it. He's good at basketball. Yeah, build on it. How do you build on it in an academic? You know what I mean. By relating it to other other areas. So the guy's good at basketball. Okay. So now you have to talk about things in terms of basketball. Right. Right. So you read the book and say. Exactly. And that one, two, three, bang. How many times did he bang the ball? I don't know what. There's different ways of addressing these issues. Obviously, up to a certain point. Right. So we talk about the early ages. Well, early ages you can relate to anything. So our schools focus their attention on just language and math. However, we should also place equal attention on the other, other aspects of life. Artists, musicians, uh, dancers, therapists, entrepreneurs, other things. Unfortunately, many children have these gifts don't receive reinforcement for them in schools. Many of these kids, in fact, end up being labeled ADD. <laughs> the guy's a genius. In what? In a different topic. But he's labeled over here because you're in school. He can't sit through a math lesson. He can't sit through history lessons. He can't sit, he's bored stiff. We have kids like him jumping around. But you sing a song, and that kid's the best singer. I've seen it. You run around the playground, this kid's the best at gym. So why don't we harness, why don't we try and attract these kids in different ways? Yeah, but Rabbi, there's yeah. no time in, in the day to take a kid from 5 o'clock to take him to basketball to do these things and then come home and sleep. And yeah, but sometimes you have to. You have to find time during the week. Sometimes it's good for their self-esteem as well. I'm not good at this. What am I good at? Maybe I'm a failure. A lot of these kids think in their head, I'm a failure. That's the worst. Because then they're telling themselves they're failures. And every, the society is telling them they're failures. School's saying you're a failure. Your parents are saying you're a failure. How, where am I going to be successful? So you have to find the area. That's your job as a parent. Schools don't do it. Your job as a parent. That's why I give this class to parents. It's because we as parents have to find an area where our children are going to be successful. What you do is you offer it. So let him draw a picture for you. What a beautiful picture. Maybe he's successful. Maybe he's a latent artist. Maybe he's going to be an architect. Maybe he's going to be uh, 
a designer, interior design. They don't teach that in schools. Who knows? You gotta find the thing. So you offer different topics. You offer music. I can give them some guitar lessons. I give all my kids some piano lessons. None of them came out successful. <laughs> so I know it's not. That's not this. But some kids are addicted. You know, they, they listen. The kids are listening to music all the time. Maybe he's gonna be a musician. Maybe. So do you like music? So come. Which instrument would you like? Let's take some classes once a week. Just to find out what is their gift. Where are they going in life? How do we know where we're going in life? So if he's good at English and good at math, so then being the, he's an academic. Okay, being the academic track. If he's not good at it, what are you going to find for him? Maybe he's good with his hands. He's going to be a carpenter. This, I don't know what. He's going to build something. So you've got to find out what they're good at. So we have options now. What Dr. Gardner ga- de- gave us was options. This guy's not a genius in math. He's not a genius in science. He's not a genius in English. What is he good at? For goodness sake, I don't know what to do with this boy. That's most parents. Here, Dr. Gardner said, look, we have options over here. You have eight, I put nine options over here. Maybe he's good at business. Maybe he's good at talking to people. Maybe a psychologist. Maybe he's good at talking to himself. And he can teach other people to do that. You know how books today are? Self-help. Self-help books. Self-help. They're all self-help books today. People want help with themselves. Hey, one second. These guys who want the self-help, they did well in school. There's motivational speakers. Exactly, exactly. So the person who has these gifts and talents can be able to expand it. So first, got to know where their strong points are. How do you find out? If you don't offer what, this, what the changes are, if you don't offer these things, what happens is education should be like a smorgasbord. Right. But it's not. Well, it's that's what the parents have to do. That's what we have to find. It's very cookie cutter. It is, you you're right. You have to fit into... You're right. So that's the parent's job, is trying to find out what is my good... What is my kid good at? But now, some you, kids may be good at everything. That into the classroom? That's the, that's you can't. That's what I'm saying. You can't. Well, so, don't give, so what I you can do is you can build up the kid's self-esteem. Might as well just homeschool. <laughs> self-esteem. You can build up the self-esteem. And then maybe they'll be better at someone, something else. When they feel they're not failures anymore, because the biggest problem is a kid feels I'm a failure. But I'm not a failure. I'm the best in basketball. So maybe you, you can apply that same techniques that you, the focus, the concentration, the kid can learn from there to other things. But we have to try and find what they're good at. So listen, okay, you're not doing well in school. But let's try music. Let's try art. Let's try, uh, you know, gym, gym. Let's try, let's try something else. Now, the truth is that in preschool we try and do this. In other words, we teach around this. What was talking about? We teach using the eight things. Huh? You know what? I just, I didn't know where we were Okay, because he's good at other things, probably. Okay. If he's good at other things, don't worry about it. If he's not good at other things, then you have to find something he's good at. So I wouldn't worry about it. If he's not good at other things, and you have to go also by what they're interested in. If he's not interested in it, even though he's good at music, he doesn't want to play those. Finds it boring. I heard something, I heard a class um, on YouTube about different personalities. Is this kind of the same thing? Um, like different personality types? Yes, uh, it's similar, but it's not similar, because we're here we're talking about the brain. Right. Personality is the emotions more. Oh, okay. So there's different parts of the brain, there's emotions. Right. But it could be hooked up. That's a good idea. Whereas a guy who's excitable is usually good at, is artistic. Right. A guy who's calm is usually rational. Right. There's right, different right. parts of the brain. So you can tell. Oh, that's me. <laughs> so if you're emotional, it's usually good at art, you're good at uh, space, spatial kinds of things. Right. Um, the arty types, the music types, the emotional, because that's the emotional part of the brain. Uh, a person who likes math, science, is very rational, usually. 
doesn't always fit. <laughs> I know some uh, <laughs> French uh, scientists who are watching. It's also, it's also culture. You know, some cultures are very... The Sephardic culture is more warm and more warm, and then the Ashkenazi culture is very cold and, uh, you know, different cultures. So, I'm just generalizing. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just generalizing, but that's the way it is normally, because you go by the culture. Uh, I grew up in England, and you become very cold. Um, you don't show your emotions. It's very hard to hug someone because you're British. It's very hard. It's, it's, it's very hard. You come here, it's a different country, you know. Also, I see men hugging me as it goes, go, go, go. <laughs> In England, they don't get if you do that in England, you'd be, you know, labeled already. Very, like, that's it, very straight and narrow. It's like the Queen. Yeah. They don't... Yeah. <laughs> so it depends where you grow up. It's also, so you can't just... You can't just label. What I'm saying is you can't just label and everyone fits into a pigeonhole. It's not right. true. Because every human being is complex. We have all these aspects to us. So maybe the guy is a failure at this, but he's a genius at this. You can't label. I'll never forget, I had a guy in my class... And the kid was an absolute disaster. Um, you're talking about now, you're talking about uh, 10th grade. 10th grade, disaster. 11th grade, he's outshining everyone in math. He's teaching the teacher about math. Why? Because math changes from 1, 2, 3 to calculus, letters. More esoteric. So his brain was in tune with, he couldn't understand 1 plus 2. But you give him algebra, uh, algebra you give him... Uh, Somehow the brain lights out. I don't know what happened. That doesn't sound normal. It doesn't sound. It's not normal. Yeah, no, this is. This no, no. Is, that's I, what I'm telling my you. My math days went downhill from first grade. No calculus. <laughs> but calculus is not math. That's what I'm saying. It's more esoteric. It's more using other parts. It's more imagination. I remember, I'll never forget. I used to teach fifth grade here, and I had a student in my class that. I come. The kids always like. This. I don't know what he's doing. Like I'm teaching a whole lesson. I'm trying Probably the biggest genius in the class. Yeah, of course he knew everything. He's doing uh, comics, like making um, Art. Spider-Man all these things. And so his mother was like... Drawing his own? Yeah. He had such a talent, and he oh couldn't boy. write nothing. Comic. comic book. He couldn't do nothing. Like the next book report that the kids are Enjoy doing, it. you do a comic book. Beautiful, beautiful. And he did a whole comic book. There you go. Great. That's, that's it, that's it. It's good but he had a teacher like that. teacher to see these Wherever. things in a child right. to, to, to able to do yeah, the trouble. That's what this has to be taught to teachers. Yeah. This has to be taught to teachers. But I'm just it's good for parents to know. Because the parents get depressed. Gets an F in math. Gets an F in this, F in that. What's he good at? Is he good at basketball? Is he good at gym? That's where he wants to go. Is he good at art? Is he good at music? Yeah. No, what's he gonna do for him? Yeah, but you gotta use that and tell the kid, hey, you're good at this. You're a champion. Apply those skills. When he gets a big red F on his paper, it makes him feel good in everything except for gym. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't on. matter. Listen. Yeah, it's up to you to make him feel good. So now you got to find a way to to take that and and uh, divert it. And Let's do this while you're doing jumping jacks. Pardon? Right. Exactly. You build that self-esteem. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. That's the hope. That's the hope. That's right. Yeah. That's hope. It could happen. Now, I don't know, maybe maybe he got more attention because his older brother moved out of home. It could be, I'm just trying to figure out this kid, right? Uh, 10th grade, he's a fool. 11th grade, he's a genius. What happened to him? Maybe his older kid moved out of house. And now the parents are focusing on him. That also has a big help. When the parents focus on the child, the, the children bloom. Okay, so now, the theory of multiple intelligence proposes a major transformation of the way our schools are run. It suggests that teachers be trained to present their lessons in a wide variety of ways. Using music, cooperative learning, 
art activities, role play, multimedia, field trips, and reflection. So I can show a movie about this topic. We're learning about how the blood circulates in the body, but you know, and just talking about it doesn't mean anything to a kid. You show another short movie how the blood moves around. Cool, oh, kid. Wow. So even we all do, because we all we all look through our own eyes. We all understand dif- differently. You can't just hearing. You can't just put pictures to words. So reading a book, you have to put the pictures into your head. Right? You read the words, and the words translate into pictures. You got to imagine that that scenario in your, in your head. Not everyone can do that. Right. Read a book and now imagine it. But if you have pictures over there, like you have a diorama, you have uh, That's comic more strips. That's comprehension now, for sure. Visual, visual, visual. comprehension it's as opposed funny. to it's funny. There a, word word. There was a Hamash thing I was going over with my son, and suddenly I started acting out what was happening between other hands. That's what we try to do. That's what we try to do. And, and he was just from then, he just he got it, exactly. and he's been, getting, exactly. he's been doing well. There was a very good Torah that I saw when I was a kid. Unfortunately, it was printed by Christians. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Illuminated. Illuminate, oh boy, comic book. Yes. You can learn the whole Tanakh. I read it when I was five or six. What's it called? I don't don't know where it is, but I don't get it now because it's... uh, I didn't know it was real. The Christians printed it. (laughs) I'm just saying, no. You can learn Tanakh just like that. Kids can learn Tanakh. It's interesting. It's all in comic form. And it's interesting. It's fascinating. It's better than comic books. So they don't, you know, wish we had that in... uh, No, you can't make pictures of Moshe Rabbein. You can't make pictures of this one. So there we go. Pictures. You know what it's like? It's like those um, illustrated Haggadot. Right, exactly. The more the illustrations, the more people learn. They love it. They, they love see it. it. They more comprehension. Yeah. They have now Megillat Esther. Very beautiful. Lots of people through it with the pictures and everything. It's very nice. Very nice. Well, the kids do that in preschool. I try and use as many yeah. pictures as possible. I love, I keep, I saved everyone yeah, in my kids' pictures. Oh, me too. Are book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should you ask a question? Yeah. He's the only one that knew. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so happy. Yeah, but so the challenge is to get this information out that there is multiple intelligence. It's not just math. It's not just science. It's not just English. And you can you can go back to your teacher. He's not good at this. Not good at this. What is he good at? What do you mean you don't know? I use teacher. <laughs> is he good at music? Is he good at this dancing? Is he good at what? What is he good at? Find something he's good at. What's he gonna say? I have a question. Yes. If your child is let's say not so great in school, would you share this with them? And it depends them? on the age. Depends on the age. Uh, obviously, a young kid can't understand that. No, but an older kid. Yeah, an older kid. Go high school, sure. And no, Junior younger than this in this school. So Maybe uh, eighth grade, seventh grade, max. They would understand, like, okay, so you're not so good in school, right. but you're good at talking, you're good at communicating, you're good at sharing your feelings. It's very good. It's very good. The question is, how do I use that to get ahead in life? That's the question. How do I use that skill? So there's counselors. That's what they do. They counsel kids. How to get a job using the skills they have. What skills they have, what skills they need to build on. How to build on that skill. How to, and so you have to develop hobbies. You know what happened? Um, the school told my nephew that he scored 140 in one part of the test, the visual, which is like beyond genius for his age. That's it, exactly the point. six in the other part, so oh, they're having a problem. Why is he not knowing the sounds of his ABCs and then he's scoring genius? That's no problem because there's multiple intelligences. That's the answer. The answer is you could be good at one area, and you could be a failure in another area. So what? There's no, there's no, it's not contradiction. The question is, how do you get it to flow over? How do you get it to move from one area to another? How do you? But it's a, it's, it's for us also. It's good because now we can see where's our strength, where's our weakness, what am I good at? Some people are very good at putting things together. They can't talk to people. 
We have to understand our parents. We have to understand our parents. We have to understand Now we can put things in perspective. Where's my father? He was not a talker. He was a quiet guy. Where is he coming from? What's his skill? Everyone has different skills. Everyone has the same skill. Some people can't explain their emotions, but some people are very good at it. So who do you, who are you drawn to more? So usually we're drawn to the warm person who can explain their emotions. The person can't explain their emotions, so we're not drawn to them. We have to try and understand them, where they're coming from, what, what is their skill that God gave them. Everyone has skills that God gave So there's eight different potential pathways to learning. This is the last paragraph. So if a teacher has a difficulty reaching a child in a more traditional, linguistic, logical ways of instruction, there's several other ways. Now, usually, unfortunately, this applies mainly to kindergarten and younger grades. But even an adult learner will find themselves, can find better ways around the next page. Self-study. I was never good at this, but maybe if I approach it at a different angle, by seeing the visual. You know, you go to medical school. They have these uh, 3D at least they used to have 3D uh, statues Inside, of the body. And then you take off a layer. And yeah. you have, today you have these movies, unbelievable. You can see everything, understand everything. Now they use cadavers. <laughs> well, they used to. But now it's much less. Why do they have these 3D? You have everything 3D. You, have, uh, you don't have to cut it open. So, whatever you're teaching or learning, see how you can connect it. Now, this is the question. Now, the kid's doing homework. How's it going to help me? How can I connect his homework to words, if he's good at words. Numbers are logic. So how can I connect to logic if he's good at math? How do I connect this to pictures? So let's, okay, you're good at drawing. Draw this story. Draw a picture of this guy. Draw a picture of this. Make balloons come out of their mouths and write it down. What do you do? How do you connect it to music? Make a song out of it if you're good at music. Make a song out of it. Self-reflection. How does it teach me about myself? Now this is, that's what the Torah is all about really. The first book, especially Bereshit, is about relationships. How was Ruben feeling? How was Yosef feeling? They're making mockery of him. They're throwing him in the pit. How's he feeling? We have to ask ourselves, how would I feel in that situation? This way, the kid's learning how to handle his emotions. How would you do in that situation? Right? Um, so today I talked about Esther and how she was kidnapped, in a sense. We don't realize. She was kidnapped from the street. How do you feel? What would you do? Would you scream? Would you not? You, know, you have to talk about it. You have to, we have to talk about it. You know, these are options for our kids to learn at an early age how to deal with situations, how to handle situations. Yeah, but a lot of times when you ask that, oh, how would you, if you were dragged off the street, what would you do? I mean, my son would say, oh, I would take it and I'd stab him in the eyeballs good, and I'd good. this and I'd that. But you good. know what? Realistically, you know good. he's not doing that. Okay, you never know. But he has it in his mind. That's already first step. You right. think about it. Before you do something, you have to think about it. Get descriptive of how he's gonna kill him, <laughs> but you know it's not. <laughs> you never know. If he has it inside him somewhere, you know, one day it might come out. Hold on, hold on watch out. <laughs> okay. So self-reflection, physical experience. How do you make something? So what we do is try and teach letters by using the body to make the shape of an A, make a shape of a B. First, for a kid who's good at his body, he can understand through his movements, or even just drawing it on a paper so he can move his finger. That's also a way of uh, understanding it physically. Make things uh, social experience. You can act things out. It's a social experience. Experience of the natural world. How to visualize, uh, you know, the, the trees in Shushan. Do a project. <laughs> the trees in Shushan. So, okay. Oh, wow, I like trees. Oh, these are trees that grow in the Middle East. You can do a project. Do different projects regarding. So, there's books. So, instead of just reading the book, you can do a project about the nature in the book. The weather in the book. The, the people in the book. How they talk to each other. How they address what they're thinking. You can make it, make it fun. Okay, so now, um, you don't have to teach or learn something. I'm not the last paragraph. 
You don't have to teach or learn something in eight ways, but you can see what the possibilities are. So a good teacher is going to figure out the possibilities. How can I teach this? For everyone, not just two, three kids in the class who are looking at me. How do I get all the other kids involved? So you've got to add some music, you've got to add some art, you've got to add uh, different things. And that's what we can do today, and that's something which this theory helped us to understand. You can reach a person in eight different ways. Think about it. Or nine different ways if you put business. How much money could you make? <laughs> you read the story of Haman. How much money do you want to give the king? Ah, bags, bags and bags of gold. Well, that kid's like, wow, lights up. Oh, gold, gold, yeah, gold. <laughs> so, okay, so let's talk about the books. So this is the main book. Uh, at the bottom we have resources. And this is, uh, the first book is uh, Dr. Gardner, number three on your list. That's more, it's more uh, scholastic. Uh, but Armstrong Thomas, number one, is Seven Kinds of Smart, Identifying and Developing in Many Intelligence. That's, those are good books. Or number two is in discovering and encouraging your child's personal learning. That's good. Right. So you yeah, get it for your child. Number two, recommended um, how to use this to teach your children. Can we have any questions? Yeah, how do you, because um, you did this self You're the expert, don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I did self-esteem class before, but how do you teach a child by praising them, by telling them? Yeah, what you got to do is make the child feel like a success, one thing. They gotta feel it. They gotta actually feel it, and then you gotta praise them. Because you can't just praise a child for nothing. You have to give them things that they can do very easily, and they feel like they achieve something. After they achieve it, then you praise them. But they didn't achieve anything. You can't praise them for nothing. But when they're good at something that's totally unrelated to school, they're not gonna feel confident in the school setting. They're gonna feel good in right. So what you can do is now, how come you're good at this? How do we take that? Don't you feel good? Right. Why can't you take How that same take same focus? You just focus now on saying putting the ball into the net. Can you focus? Right. You have to focus. You can't play basketball without focusing. How do you take that skill of focusing when it's not interesting? Well, how do you make that interesting? But we have to ask. We have to have a conversation with children. Get their suggestions. How do you make that interesting? How do you visualize um, doing an exam and, and answering questions like putting the ball into the hoop? You can you can imagine that. You can make pictures. You want a question, you get this diet, you get this sticker. Ball in the hoop. Yeah. Kids, that's what he thinks about. So give him a sticker with a ball in the hoop. Wow, I scored. You scored. So it's a different terminology. Change the terminology. You're not doing homework, you're playing a game. You're playing a basketball game. You're playing you're doing something. Do you think they could study while they're doing homework? Like you know what I used to do while he's playing basketball? Could he study at the same time? Oh yeah, study. like you want to play, play, you know, one on one with him, and you know, hey, oh, yeah, you should have yeah, sure. this question. Yeah, that's you know, what you can do. That's what you can do. Great, great idea. I used to, I used to so what you do is in between, you score three, you play, you can do some uh, homework, or you do your homework, you play, you get five minutes. So it's a reward. Basketball is a reward for it. I used to sit across from my son and, and have like a little cup or a little bowl and say, for every you one that, that you get right, fantastic. you get to shoot this thing into the thing. <laughs> that's so you fantastic. You see that? Genius. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. That's very cute. That was first grade. <laughs> they get a bigger bowl and bigger bowl.